0: I was diagnosed with bipolar type 2. I was also diagnosed with schizophrenia. These are all results, I think, of definitely chemical imbalances, but also not being our true selves and of taking subpar care of our bodies. So my advice to you is, first of all, not to listen to the people who say, it's going to be okay, and you're just, man, don't do that. Find a therapist. If you don't like therapists, then you haven't met the right therapist. One of the greatest advice I ever got whenever I was going crazy on my nervous breakdown was from a guy, Dave Wilkinson. He said, this isn't you. Find a shrink. And he stopped communication with me because I was acting like a nutcase. Your friends are going to leave you when you do this. So find a therapist, start running or push-ups or something. Get your mind right. The body and the mind are linked and say, God, I really don't like you right now, but please help me.
1: This is the Penny Forward Podcast, a show about blind people building bright futures one penny at a time.
0: I'm Liz Botner.
1: And I'm Chris Peterson. We are blind people learning what it takes to be successful in our personal, professional, and financial lives. Do you feel like your mental health impacts your ability to be successful? If so, then you may be able to relate to this week's guest. Everett Elam is an assistive technology instructor with World Services for the Blind in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's a pretty successful guy with a full-time job, he's an accomplished fiddle player, and a successful world traveler. He's working on starting his own business, and he's raising money for the Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired by running the Boston Marathon for the very first time this October. This is an acknowledgement that success doesn't come easy for anyone. Everett has bipolar disorder. He's a recovering alcoholic and has gone through a divorce. And all of those things contributed to his particular life path. We hope you can enjoy and relate to Everett's story. And if you'd like to learn more about how to contribute to his fundraiser, you can find all of that information in the show notes. Before we start, I want to tell you about Taylor's accessibility services. Taylor Arndt can provide you with web hosting, but she can also provide you with so much more. She can help you to build a website from the ground up that is completely accessible to people with disabilities, or she can help you to modify your existing website so that it's accessible. To find out more about what Taylor might be able to do for you, visit her website at tayloraccess.com. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R dot com. Now, let's get started. Everett, thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Chris. I'm excited to get to know you. So let's get started with that right now. Why don't you tell me about yourself?
0: So this is when in Ubers, I start singing Lady Gaga. I was born this way. So yeah, I was born totally blind. I have cataracts and glaucoma. I also have optic hypoplasia, which is where the optic nerve sort of checks out.
1: And how did that affect you growing up? And and how did that get you to a career with World Services for the Blind?
0: I was a fat kid, and so I decided that fat was funny early on to get to cope and to get through it. I then started running on the track team and graduated and went to college, graduated from there, and then it was time to get a job. And Eric Yarberry, who is our now our director of education and training and is also my supervisor now, he was in college with me and he'd run our college prep programs. And so he said... Hey, there's a Braille teacher job, and they need someone to start on Monday. And so I called and I talked to Rachel Buchanan, who, know, she was an amazing first boss. And she hired me, I think it was that Monday. It was September 13th of 2016. So I was their Braille teacher for two years. Had an amazing time at that. So my Braille career lasted two years. And then the gal I was with and I decided that we were going to move to Mountain View, Arkansas, which is way out in the sticks. And there's not a lot of employment prospects there. So I was like, man, I'm going to play fiddle and I'm going to run my own business. And I'm don't have too many soft skills and I'm a snowflake, but it'll be fine. And and I went to Sharon Giovanazzo, who is our commander in chief, I call her. She is literally the best boss for a snowflake because she is not a snowflake. Sharon's tough. And I said, hey, this is my plan. And she said, oh that's kind of silly, but okay, you've already made up your mind. Our AT position is going online and we need you to run it. So here, have a job. You can go to Mountain View. So we moved to Mountain View and I worked from a back bedroom. I worked from port swings and back bedrooms and stuff, putting together this awesome AT curriculum that we have now. There's not anything
1: else like it and we're super proud of it. So let's take a step back and talk to me about what college was like for you.
0: My... College career, I decided first I wanted to study radio and TV, and I had a job at NPR. My first words on the air were, hey, William, am I on the air? And he said, yes, do the weather inside, read the weather out on my braille display. And I'd study and go to sociology and go to math classes. And I stayed in my room a lot, and uh, I was up to like 240 pounds. I was on the Starbucks and Taco Bell diet. Again, the winding road, you know, was paved with errors and mistakes. So then after radio and TV, I decided I wanted to study music, and I taught myself bro music in the midst of a breakup and a nervous breakdown. I quit college three times, so there was that. And I taught myself bro music and recently worked with the Hadley Institute for the Blind and Visually Impaired to finish their bro music course, which is no longer available, unfortunately. So all these things in college that I did, you know, bro music and radio, I'm doing audio production now. I do braille and I teach. So, and at another point in college, you know, I was working from my dorm room as an AT consultant for our disability resource center. They gave me a job and I would sort of sporadically show up. I had no time management skills, but I was pretty good at what I did. So that lasted about a semester. So I say all these things and I don't give clear cut answers because if someone who is as much of crazy flighty person as I am can do it, then, oh my gosh, you people sitting at home can and should do it. And my prayers are super with you. We've got to, we've got to kill this 80% employment rate, unemployment, 70% unemployment rate. Sorry.
1: You come across as a very positive person, although there clearly was some hard stuff going on in your life, but can you talk about what some of that hard stuff was and how you made it through that?
0: So, during that nervous breakdown, I was diagnosed with bipolar type two. I was also diagnosed with schizophrenia. These are all results, I think, of definitely chemical imbalances, but also not being our true selves and of taking subpar care of our bodies. So my advice to you is, first of all, not to listen to the people who say it's going to be OK and you're just man. Eh. don't do that. Find a therapist. If you don't like therapists, then you haven't met the right therapist. One of the greatest advice I ever got whenever I was going crazy on my nervous breakdown was from a guy, Dave Wilkinson. He said, this isn't you, find a shrink. And he stopped communication with me because I was acting like a nutcase. Your friends are going to leave you when you do this. So find a therapist, start running or push-ups or something. Get your mind right. The body and the mind are linked and say, God, I really don't like you right now, but please help me. That's my advice for that.
2: We'll get back to our interview in just a moment, but first.
1: Do you know the difference between a checking and savings account? When you're in an unfamiliar financial environment and need a hand understanding the lay of the land, Penny Forward is here to help. We provide affordable one on one and group financial education programs that give you the confidence to get out there and achieve your goals. Visit PennyForward.com to learn more about who we are and what we do.
2: Do you have a short success story that you would like to share on the air? Leave us a message at 952-856-0313. If you missed that number, you can always find it at PennyForward.com forward slash podcast.
1: Can we... Talk briefly about the divorce and the alcoholism.
0: So Emily and I met as a result of the violin. Yes, those things really do happen. So anyway, Emily came to an open mic that we were playing and we were playing like Beatles covers and and stuff. If you want to, you can YouTube the uh, Parlor Bears East Hall and you can kind of see where we were. And she did things with a violin. I've been around the world. I've never heard anyone who could play like Emily could she did something called cross tuning, which is where you tune the fiddle for square dances so that it, it resonates with itself. And I was just spellbound. And so that night I made a Braille heart and I put it in her fiddle case. And I said, I want to go on a, a date at some point and I want to have a lesson, a fiddle lesson with you. And she said, well, OK, that's kind of weird, but OK. And so we started hanging out and we uh, started running together. And it is so easy when you meet someone who is nigh on perfect to judge them on their flaws and that's very quickly what we started to do to each other because there was not too much that was wrong so we began to make things wrong the great bass guitarist Victor Wooten came to our school and we both got to play with him and I was so jealous of Emily that she was in this like student program and so I created all this bad toxicity jealousy Do not eat of the peanut butter and jelly sea sandwich. It is a bad sandwich to eat of. So it was a downward spiral from there in many ways because of what we did on certain tracks of, and I I don't want to go into it too much, but what, what happened was I just stopped accepting that Emily... Wanted to play video games sometimes or Emily wanted to do this. I stopped accepting her for who she was and and she in her own way stopped accepting me. And once you do that, you know, till death do us part. I mean, we, we did kind of die in a way. And, you know,
1: that that stinks. How did alcohol play a role in that?
0: I started to partake during like the third or fourth year. It culminated in me being horrible to Emily and saying unforgivable things. And I say this not for drama. I'm saying this because it's a testament to what can happen because of alcohol. So don't use it. You, you will spend years repairing the damages that you can do in a night. It is not a good thing.
1: What was the thing that caused you to decide to sober up?
0: I met a person of very cool nature here in St. Louis. And that person invited me into their home. And I arrived shit face and made an absolute fool out of myself and nearly lost a friendship. I was also stealing alcohol from friends here in St. Louis, and I was horrified. And I was like, this is not me. And so I went to my preacher and I said, preacher man, that's what I call him, I call him preacher man. I said, preacher man, I need AA, like now, like (laughs) stat. We have a cleanup on aisle five. The preacher man said, okay, we got a meeting tomorrow. And my good friend who I stole from, she said, you want me to go with you? And I said, no, because I don't mean this as a sexist comment, but a man or a woman, when you decide that you need to do something, you need to do it by yourself. My opinion, my opinion, this is what I live by. Yeah. So I went by myself and I talked to, he was a a plumber. He was an alcoholic. He'd been sober for about eight years. And he said, Yeah, we can this is all it takes. You know, you get this big book. The big book is available on Bookshare. Email me, y'all, if you need help finding the big book. That's the Alcoholics Anonymous book. So and and you have to understand, like I was doing all this while I was working on my cadence and while I was, you know, trying to get my next album finished and I was drinking and it was just destroying my life. I was allowing it to. So yeah. Wow. So a hundred days now, huh? Hundred days. I ate a huge chocolate chip pancake in celebration, and it was delicious. And I made, I made DoorDash another one in, in celebration of this podcast, because I freaking love my Penny Forward.
1: So how do you get from there to starting your own business and getting ready to run the Boston Marathon?
0: David Goggins is a retired Navy SEAL. He came from absolutely nothing. He's a black guy. He grew up with members of the Klan torturing him. His dad was abusive. He should have been a statistic. His audiobook, book, it's called Can't Hurt Me. Listen to it. I recommend it to all my students and I do warn them the language is a little coarse. He does use some questionable things that people of the feminist persuasion, women of the feminist persuasion, I love my feminists, might find a little offensive, but he's a Navy SEAL. And if you can filter it out, he will change your life. I, I love my David Goggins. His mantra, were it to be distilled, is just... Knuckle drag your way through life. If something hurts, go for it. That's not for everyone. It works for me. I find people who I am terrified of but who inspire the crap out of me and I find any way to communicate with them unless they're dead and then well, maybe I'll dig them up. Yeah, I find find them and and I say, "Please just let me spend an hour in your time." And that's what I do. Does not work for everybody, but if man, if you If you really want to change and you want to be reborn as who you truly are supposed to be, whoever God, whoever she wanted you to be, that's what you
1: have to do. Tell
0: me about the business you started. My business is called Connect the Dot. It is in its infancy. And my big mission is to create highly motivated, specialized, blind individuals who can go out and by virtue of who they are, can plant the seeds of change that are going to turn this planet around so I don't expect currently with my skill set and terrible time management skills that I will currently be able to do that. But that's currently what lights me up inside. That's my dot. That's my dot that connects me to my next dot. So how will I do that? I'm gonna teach a whole lot of AT and Braille and I'm going to meet awesome people. I'm going to get connected as vendors with every state that I can and teach for those states however I may. I'm going to take hits. I'm going to fail. I'm going to have miscommunications. David Goggins would tell me, Roger that, get back up, keep going. So that's what I intend to do.
2: We'll continue our interview in a moment, but first. So you want to start a podcast, but you're not sure where to start. Here are some tips for creating a successful podcast. Keep your podcast focused. While it might be tempting to create a podcast, that's all thanks to all listeners. Successful shows tend to have a narrow focused topic. Two. Be consistent. If you're going to do a show, do it once a week, twice a week, once a month. But whatever that time frame is, make sure you are consistent. And finally, use music segments to break up the show. However, don't use copyrighted music. Use royalty-free music or music that you have written permission to use. For more tips like this and podcast coaching, check out superblink.org. We're here to help. Do you have a tip or trick you've discovered that makes managing your finances easier? Tell us about it at 952-856-0313. If you missed that number, you can always find us at pennyforward.com slash podcast.
1: So let's talk then about the Boston Marathon. How are you doing it? Why are you doing it? What is it that you're doing?
0: I went to california in 2019 and ran the california marathon which is by the way the only marathon in the country that i know of that um sponsors blind individuals to run it for free so you sign up for it you spend again in my case money that i didn't have and you pay it back on on a card and then you get that stipend back once you have completed the marathon I'll give my contact information. I'd be happy to give people more information at the end of the podcast. But suffice it to say, I ran that marathon. It was my third one. And then I was thinking, wow, you know, after I got out of the alcohol whirlpool, I was thinking, wow, what happens next? Well, I want to run Boston, but my time isn't under five. You know, all my times are above five. That's not a great time for anyone who's listening. That's not even that's not even qualifying for visually impaired. So, again, y'all, I'm average. I just work really hard and I get around things that scare me. I uh, met Chaz Davis at the marathon and thought he was amazing. He is a newly blind guy. He runs marathons in like sub threes. He's been to Rio de Janeiro and he's just humble and he's awesome because you wouldn't know he was this awesome runner guy. And he told me about United in Stride, unitedinstride.org, which is a website for connecting blind runners to other people with vision. But basically, I wanted to do something here in St. Louis that would make me work, that would make me figure out how to raise money, figure out how to be a better fundraiser, a better public speaker, a better athlete, a better man. And the Boston Marathon was what I chose. And so I saw on Chaz's page that there were a few spots left in team with a vision. And I did the math and I said, oh my goodness, I would have 99 days, I think it was, to raise $10,000. And I said, you're going to do it. And so I filled out the information, paid a ton of money, registered, and I've raised almost $2,000 so far. And I'm writing letters to sponsors. I'm making amazing connections here in the city because of this marathon. And I'm in the best shape of my life. How can people contribute? There's two main ways. First, I have a page on give and gain which is a fundraising platform. And you can just Google Everett Elam Give and Gain raising money for Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. So I'm raising money for this nonprofit, the Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. And if you wanna know more about them, you can go to their website, mabvi.org. And so that money goes directly to them. It's tax deductibles are corporate and you're wondering about that. That's the first way. The second way i'm in the show notes i think chris is going to put my venmo and paypal and cash app information and you know there's a lot that goes into running that would cover my airfare my guide is an amazing lady named mindy she's going to be running with me that would cover our meals and it's also more simple i think i would prefer that if i were on the other side and contributing to someone so venmo paypal I would very, very much appreciate it. So it's sort of a two-pronged approach. You can donate directly to MAPV, and if you want to help me out, you can donate to me as well.
1: What advice do you have for other blind people maybe are experiencing similar things to things that you've experienced or maybe haven't experienced anything but just have anxiety about it?
0: Get out of your own head. It's going to be okay. Get out of your own head and live. Get out of your room take a walk down the street if you can get out of your own mind and find a way to serve other people no matter how small that way is if you do it on a video game i literally spent 2 years of my life like on a video game that's how i met evan a mutual acquaintance of mine and he gave me like the bible verse that i'm currently you know i run marathons with it in my pocket in a bag isaiah 42:16 and i will lead the blind on along paths they don't know Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. It's gonna be okay.
1: Can you play us a fiddle tune?
0: Absolutely. I can play some fiddle tunes. I can play one fiddle tune. I'll play you one. It's a very special tune. Thus, as is typical with fiddle tunes, I don't know the name. But it is about a train. And I learned it in Spain! <laughs> <laughs>
1: If you enjoy the Penny Forward podcast, please rate, review, and share it with your friends. We're supported by your donations. Please help us to continue producing Penny Forward by following the tip jar link in the show notes or by visiting pennyforward.com.
0: The Penny Forward podcast is produced by Liz Botner and Chris Peterson. Audio editing and post-production is provided by Byron Lee, and transcription is provided by Anne Verdine. Music was composed and performed by Andre Louis, and web hosting is provided by Taylor's Accessibility Services.
1: Penny Forward is a community of blind people building bright futures one penny at a time. Visit pennyforward.com slash about to learn more about who we are and what we do. Until next time, for all of us in the Penny Forward community, I'm Chris Peterson.
0: And I'm Liz Botner. Thanks for listening and have a great week.